Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by Jerry Hamilton for this today's Saturday conversation. Uh, our normal Saturday conversation is actually going to be tonight uh, when all the games are over. Uh, myself, Paul Wadlington, going to talk a little Texas football and the college football playoff picture in total. But for this morning, uh, Jerry Hamilton and I wanted to get together. Of course, one pack team already in. Uh, the Longhorns, though, get started at 11 o'clock. Uh, then we have Georgia and Alabama at 3 o'clock, Michigan, Iowa at 3 o'clock, and then, of course, Louisville, Florida State uh, tonight at 7, Jerry. Uh, let's start with Oklahoma State and Texas. The Longhorns, uh, Jerry, uh, trying to go in and finish business. Uh, two touchdown favorites over the Cowboys. But Mike Gundy, uh, if anybody in the conference has had uh, Steve Sarkeesian's number, it's Ben Gundy. He's won two games. Uh, Longhorns have not beat him. Steve Sarkeesian has not beaten Oklahoma State. Uh, what does Texas got to do in this game? Give me two or three big keys, you think. We talked about it all week, so I don't want to belabor it. Right. Some of these other games, too. I think the main thing is is a good start. And a good start within Sarkeesian's script doesn't necessarily – I don't mean touchdown, touchdown. I don't even mean touchdown, field goal. What I mean is no false starts, no holdings on second and long, no holdings on third and long. Uh, no uh, blitzes to where it's intentional grounding, right? I mean, no unforced turnovers within a possession is what I mean. And I'm not saying turnover, interception, fumble. I'm talking turn the ball back over to the defense with a punt. They can't hurt themselves early in this game. They have to have good communication up front. They have to be sound. Uh, they have to communicate well. And they have to give this opportunity a chance to move the football uh, this offense, the opportunity, a chance to move the football, because I do think if they play a clean game, they're going to score a lot of points on Oklahoma State. That's the key for me offensively is just no self-inflicted wounds early in this game. Give your offense a chance to not matriculate the ball down the field, but move the ball down the field. Because I think I think Texas can run the ball, and I think they can throw it effectively against Oklahoma State. I think they've got really good matchups. Defensively for Texas, uh, Bobby, I'm big on the edges and outside backers in this game uh, because Ollie Gordon's a cutback runner. So your edge guys in that four-man front, they have to be very smart, disciplined football players and understand that there's times where Ollie Gordon's going to come right back to you. Uh, outside linebackers, I think uh, Oklahoma State's going to try to hit you with the running back in the screen game. They're going to try to use uh, uh, Presley out of the slot with the slants right inside the hashes. So I think it's those edge guys and those outside linebackers Saturday that are going to be so key for Texas. Jerry, I, I think you're 100% right. And, you know, it's like you, you started off by saying they have to start off right. They can't start off like Oregon did last night going down 20 to 3. That just makes the hill so tough to climb. Doesn't mean it can't happen, but you need to start off a game that's a championship caliber game the right way because you're playing another team that has proven that they can play to the end of a game also. Yep. Oklahoma State has proven that time and time again. So I agree with you. Get off to a good start here at 11 o'clock on ABC uh, and get going. Uh, another thing that I would mention, Jerry, that's important, I think, for this Texas team is following through on special teams. Keelan Robinson with the touchdown uh, return last week. We know that Mike Gundy's talked about this as a positive for Texas that he's concerned with. Let's see how that plays out. And then the third thing is, it, it's hard to account for the unaccountable, but 
you may throw an interception deep in your territory. You may uh, give up a big play. You have to have a spine in a championship game. And there may come a time, you know, hopefully it's a blowout. But most championship games are not. You have to have a spine. And at that time, Texas has to rise up either by making a first down or by stopping a team to a field goal or limiting them instead of letting them have a touchdown. So that's what it takes to win championship football, in my opinion. Uh, Longhorns uh, favored by 15. But I will say this, any victory for me, just about any victory, is good enough to put them in playoff hopes consideration, given that they will be a conference champ and 12-1 and versus who they might have to play afterwards. So let's talk about those other games that are going to happen later today next. Uh, Let's start with one that I think a lot of people are going to be watching uh, while this one's on ABC, the Texas-Oklahoma State game, uh, Georgia-Alabama, Jerry, is actually on CBS. It's at three. Uh, Alabama uh, has come roaring back this season since their loss to Texas. Georgia's perfect on the season. The two-time defending champ, they're favored in this game, clearly. But it's not a blowout type of favorite. Uh, is the transformation of Jalen Milrow that people have talked about, like Paul Feinbaum even talked about it with us on Coffee and Football on Tuesday, has that really happened, or have they just found better ways to utilize him? And Georgia is going to be one of those teams that is good enough to neutralize Jalen Milrow. I think defensively for Georgia, I mean, think about Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, uh, Schumann, right? That's a lot of really good defensive coaches. They're going to force Jalen Milrow to make passes in the intermediate game. Um, not first uh, read throws. They're going to force him to make passes he generally doesn't want to make. I think Georgia's smart enough. They'll be schemed up well enough. They'll have good enough personnel to do that. Uh, so that is going to be the big test for Jalen Milrow right out of the gate in this game. I, I, I think Georgia will limit the run game of Alabama, and then they're going to force Milrow to make, I call them big boy throws. I mean, NFL throws, get off your first read. Uh, work into your progressions. It's going to be up to Alabama and Tommy Reese to scheme that up well enough to keep it Alabama in a lot of third and shorts. I think that's going to be so key for them in the first quarter and a half of this game. Uh, on the flip side, Alabama defensively had issues with QB run game last week. Georgia does not present that. So that's a good thing for the Alabama defense, right? But what is going to happen in this game for me that's going to be so key is health of Brock Bowers and obviously McConkey. Uh, they didn't play against Georgia Tech. They didn't need to play. They're going to play this week, uh, and they're going to be key factors here. Uh, if Georgia's offensive line holds up in pass protection, I think Georgia's going to make some big plays uh, against Alabama. I really like Georgia uh, probably by 10 in this game. I'm thinking 27-17, uh, maybe 30-20. to 20. I, I think Georgia's just got – I think they've got better personnel across the board right now in Alabama, and that's saying something because Alabama's a top probably four talented team uh, roster in the country. Uh, but then the other thing with Georgia is, um, look, I, I think there's they have they haven't had the toughest schedule to get here, but they're going to be truly motivated tonight. It's this afternoon, and they haven't had to be up for that many games this year, which has been a good thing, I think, for Kirby Smart. He's not going to have an issue getting these guys up for this game. It's not just the playoffs. It's not just the win streak. It's you're playing Alabama. And the reality is, even though Georgia's won the last two national championships, 
probably 20 kids on that Georgia roster grew up wanting to play at Alabama, and they didn't have the opportunity to. And they're going up uh, against Alabama, and Georgia is the best program in the country right now. Uh, and I think they're going to win this game by 10, and I think they're going to be up for this game. Um, and I think uh, Alabama, you know, look, that while they won that game last week, they were, uh, uh, after a couple of uh, touchdowns called back, they were outplayed by Auburn. That's an issue Saturday at 3 p.m. for me. I agree with you. I, my, my take on this, Jerry, is a little bit different in that I just simply think they're going to keep Jalen Milrow out of the end zone. Yeah. I think it's going to be a 27-13-ish game. Uh, and I don't know that that uh, Alabama has played a good offense in a long time. And Georgia is a good offense. Yeah. They will move the football. Uh, and we saw what Texas, which is a good offense, did to Alabama. That's the difference here. They have a quarterback that can throw the ball. They have weapons galore, whether it's Brock Bowers or Ladd McConkey on the outside or any of the other uh, wide receivers they had, plus a bevy of running backs at Georgia. I think their offense is just too much for Alabama. Uh, I say 27 to 13 uh, for uh, Georgia, in my opinion. All right. Uh, of course, uh, that would take one thing away from us, Jerry. That means that we both think that Alabama beating Georgia is not the path for Texas. Of course, if it did happen, we think Texas would obviously be a real likelihood to go into the college football playoff right. because they'll be a conference champ and have beaten uh, one of the other conference champs head to head. Uh, all right. Uh, before we go further and talk about uh, the Iowa-Michigan game, which may be the most boring game of the day, other than maybe SMU Tulane. Uh, let's talk about Gabe Winslow. Uh, this uh, episode of Saturday Conversation sponsored by Gabe Winslow. Uh, visit him at www.mortgagesbygabe.com or email him gabe, K-M-G, K-M-G, K-M-G at gmail.com. Call him 832-557-1095. Gabe is a lawyer, uh, now a mortgage broker. He knows the ins and outs of the mortgage game as good or better than anyone I don't do this read as well as Paul Wadlington, but I want to tell you, Gabe is as good as Paul Wadlington, if not better. Uh, we appreciate you, Gabe. All right, let, Jerry, let's go to the Michigan-Iowa game. This is a ridiculous matchup in so many ways. Yeah. Um, first of all, strength on strength, the Iowa defensive front versus the Michigan offensive line. Uh, Michigan favored by 20 points in this game, essentially. Uh, Iowa may not get seven points by the end of the day, if you want to be honest, right? What are your thoughts uh, other than – I just see this as a Michigan blowout. Yes. They may not even throw a forward pass in the second half, just like they didn't have to against Penn State. Yeah, I think uh, I think Michigan, even though they lost one of their top linemen last week, arguably their, most, uh, their best linemen, I think they have the best offensive line in college football this year. Them or Washington are the two offensive line that, that really stood out to me this year. I think Michigan's got the best offensive line. Um, and I, I, I don't care what. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Penn State did or didn't have if Chop Robinson didn't play. Uh, but if you're able to line up against Penn State and run it 30-plus times in a row, uh, that is saying something because Penn State has NFL draft picks on that defense. Um, I think Jim Harbaugh is going to make a statement in this game. I think he has been sitting there fuming on Saturdays I think he sees a team that it, it, they'll be lucky to get it inside the Michigan 35 unless it's a busted coverage or run fit. Um, I, I'm thinking, Bobby, I'm going 38-0, 38-3. Oh. Oh. I, just, oh, wow. I, think, I think Harbaugh is going to try to make a statement to the Big Ten and say, you know what, I'm getting the last laugh here. Take this. Wow. Well, I tell you what, that would be an embarrassing loss to a, an Iowa team that, you know, you're lucky to score 24 on. Right. Uh, you know, they've, they've been so stingy on defense. Phil but who have they played? Game. I mean, that's the key, though. They play in the other half of the division in the Big Ten. That I mean, they who have they really played that can muscle them one and then has better athletes on the outside than they do? I mean, they are very good defensively, but this is a game where I think Michigan's just going to dominate field position, too. I, it wouldn't shock me if they don't have a couple of short fields in this game. We just expect so little of this game that we, we're not going to go in-depth on it. Right. We just think Michigan's going to win. We don't know exactly how, yeah. but they're just a better team than Iowa. They've proven it all year. We expect them to do it again. Even though Iowa is 10-2, and two, they just can't score enough. All right, Louisville, Florida State. That's the one everybody wants yeah. us to talk about outside of Texas, Oklahoma State. You know that. I know that. We've dealt with it all week. Heck, Tate Rodemaker comes up on Friday night and is listed uh, as of Friday night. I haven't heard anything this morning as a game time decision. It's a 7 o'clock p.m. decision. I don't know if the fact that it's at night gives him a better chance of clearing concussion protocol or not, Jerry. But it's clear that that's what's going on with Florida State's number two quarterback. They already lost Jordan Travis, their number one quarterback. If they have to go to quarterback number three, are they even in the ball game unless something weird goes on? Or will they still have what you would think is a fighting chance? I mean, it's, this is a weird situation right now. I think there's something weird that could go on is it could be bad weather. So there's a chance it could rain leading up to the game, rain during the game. Look, that could slow down a Louisville offense. And then the FSU run game, uh, it could be the difference there, right? That's possible. I'm just throwing something out. I think the whole key here for Louisville is Florida scored 15 uh, with a backup quarterback making his first start and Billy Napier's uh, questionable play calling at the end of the half, right? Um, so Florida really, in a way, gave that game away because FSU had 140 yards early in the fourth quarter. Total offense of a team that's, uh, maybe going to the college football playoff. Uh, they're not one of the best four teams, by the way, without Jordan Travis. So if Louisville can get to 24 to 27 points, I I think it's going to be interesting to see what FSU, how many they can actually score in this game. Uh, I think Louisville can rush the passer. I think Florida State can rush the passer. Um, rushing the passer against Louisville is an experienced quarterback that's played a lot of football. 
Rushing the quarterback against Florida State is either a true freshman making his first start ever, playing his first meaningful action ever, or Tate Rodemaker, which clearly would not be healthy, and they would want to protect him. So who's going to pass protect better? I think both teams could run the football well enough in this game. I think Benson's very good for FSU. Uh, the, the key for Louisville, can they keep Keon Coleman from making big plays? I'm talking 30, 40, 50-yard flip field, flip momentum plays, whether that's pump returner, whether that's wide receiver and one-on-one -on -one contested catch catches, then Johnny Wilson on the other side, another long-arm guy with an amazing catch radius. If Louisville can control those guys and they Keon Coleman doesn't make two or three first-round pick wide receiver plays in this game, I think it's going to be tough for Florida State to score uh, 28, 29, 30 points if Louisville puts up 24 to win the game. With the exception, Kentucky got him on a kickoff return last week. Louisville had 405 yards. Kentucky only had 283, I believe was the number. Kentucky scored on a kickoff return for a touchdown. So Louisville's got a short special teams because Keon Coleman can beat you in the punt return game. FSU has athletes in the kickoff return game. But the whole thing for me is if Louisville, if it's not pouring down rain, something weird happened. If Louisville pass protects well against the FSU rush, I think Jeff Brom is going to put 24, 27 points on the board. Then can Florida State come back and score enough to beat him? I, I tell you what, that's the recipe for, you know, I listened to you, and that's the recipe for a Texas birth in the college football. Play. That's it. I mean, I, I it, it's as simple as that. And here we are, you know, 12 games into a season, 13 at the end of the day for the Longhorns. And, you know, if it comes down to that, it comes down to that. That's why they play the games. Uh, the Longhorns uh, certainly rooting for Louisville in this game. Any other, you know, thoughts on it before we, you know, I, I will say this. Um, Louisville is not the best defense, but they're not a horrible defense, no. theoretically. Otherwise, they wouldn't be 10 and 2, yeah. right? They're a good team. Uh, they can be run on, which is what, what Kentucky did on them last week. But you know, they've scored points in just about every game this year. And that's that's what Florida State most likely will have a problem keeping up with with either Tate Rodemaker at the at the helm or their third string quarterback at the helm. And I just I mean it's a recipe for success for Texas, in in my opinion. Will it come to pass? You know, I'm not even I tell you what, some people say I, I use the old Michael Scott conversation or uh, commentary. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. I'm not, I'm not going to guess on this one. I'm not going to say a score or whatever. I'm just going to cross my fingers. That's, Look, what, that's I, my take on it. I'll say this. If Louisville has a good game offensively, I think FSU's in trouble. I'm talking executes, flow, getting, feeling good about themselves. I mean, they beat Notre Dame 50 to 20. If Louisville has a really good flow, plays in a clean and clean game offensively, executes at a high level. I think FSU's in trouble. I am going to make a score prediction for Texas fans. I'm going to say Louisville 27, FSU 20. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, we're going to uh, wrap this up here. Uh, but first, I want to say thanks to Gabe Winslow again. Uh, Gabe over at Mortgages by Gabe is a uh, mortgage pro. Give him a shout, 832-557-1095. Gabe will be in the stands in about uh, three hours here, four hours uh, from when we're taping it uh, in Arlington. Uh, Gabe, we wish you luck today, just like we wish every Longhorn fan luck uh, with their 
uh, home purchases. And please consider using Gabe uh, before you set up a loan for your uh, for your new home. 832-557-1095. Hey, right. Bobby, let's go over the two scenarios for Texas. Yes, this is what I wanted to get okay. back to. So let's say Texas handles their business and then Texas fans are sitting back saying, all right, what has to happen? I think there's two paths for Texas to get to the playoff. Uh, I really do. One is an FSU loss. If FSU loses and Texas has already handled business, I think they're in as the four seed. If, let's say, FSU wins, which we won't know until late, the other scenario is Alabama beats Georgia. I agree with what Joel Klatt said. If Alabama beats Georgia, that probably pulls Texas with Alabama to the playoff. And his, his, uh, his reasoning is sound. Alabama's the SEC champ. Texas won at Alabama by 10 and handled their business and is 12 and 1. At that point, a shaky FSU with second or third quarterback who limps home uh, and beats uh, Louisville may just get left out because Alabama pulls Texas to the playoff. I think that's a scenario that could happen. Obviously, uh, the best case scenario for Texas as far as getting in the playoff and seeding is if Alabama beats Georgia and FSU wins. If both those things happen after a Texas win, look, Texas could vault to the two seed in this whole thing. I, that's doubtful. That's doubtful. doubtful. It's doubtful. Yeah. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jerry, I, I agree with you. I think it's time to let everybody get ready for the game. Get excited about it. Uh, put your burn orange on. Uh, if you're going to the game, make sure you go at least – 45 minutes to an hour early than you expect. It is going to be bonkers uh, in Arlington. Uh, traffic uh, is extremely bad, is my understanding, uh, for Cowboy games in particular. Uh, this is obviously a game where not everybody even knows where they're going because they're coming from Austin, uh, Oklahoma City, and parts in between. Uh, so if you're going to the game, make sure you get out there early uh, and get your spot. Uh, also, uh, join Jerry. He's getting ready to be over at Jay Gilligan's this morning. Uh, doing a live show with Aaron Hogan over from the Horn and Rod Babers. Guys, you know what? It's been a long season. It's been a great season, okay? It's time for the Longhorns to finish off right. And I've got one thing to say to that. Hook them. <laughs>